morning. Good morning. Oh, come on, y'all. Y'all can do better than that. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Good job. Here's some of you guys out there. Um, will you give it up for our praise band for doing an amazing job this morning, leading us in worship? Thank you so much uh, uh, for leading us the way that you have. Um, Listen, I don't, I'm just going to get started with this. Uh, I don't know who, uh, who prayed for the Sooners yesterday, but uh, <laughs> keep on praying. Uh, I'm hoping some people are keeping up with their promise that they made to the Lord yesterday, that they would be here at church uh, because the Lord came through. Uh, so uh, if you're a Texas fan, we love you as well. We love you, um, but yeah, truly, truly, uh, uh, w- what a good game yesterday. So uh, I-, I was wondering if you, anybody was going to wear any OU stuff, and then I saw Carrie, and I said, uh, okay, there you go. Yeah, definitely someone is. Listen, also, I have this, uh, these magazines here uh, for Josiah. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm letting them go for, uh, I haven't thought about the price just yet, so if I could get them to sign it, man, I'll, I'll, I'll charge a little extra on that as well. So, listen, I'm truly blessed to be here tonight. Let's, let us, uh, this morning, let, let's go to God in prayer. Dear Lord, we just thank you and we praise you, Lord, for what you're doing and what you're going to continue to do in our lives and our hearts. Lord, we just pray, Lord, for this time. Lord, pray for our hearts. Lord, uh, be open and receptive. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, Lord, be acceptable, Lord, in your sight. In Jesus' name. When I worked at OVU, um, had a Great privilege working for a cool guy uh, by the name of uh, Bruce Perkins. Uh, worked in uh, missions area, and we would have a devotional every, basically every week. And I just remember this devotional it stuck with me; it hasn't hasn't left me. Um, but he said, "If you go to a cemetery, uh, you look at a tombstone. You're gonna find three things on that tombstone. Uh, you're gonna find the day a person was born. Uh, you're gonna find." Also, the day they died. <laughs> and in between the two, the day the person was born and the day they died, he said, all you're going to see there is just a simple dash. <laughs> simple dash that sums up their life, everything they did, the good, the bad, the ugly, uh, just a dash that sums up their whole life, the, the good grades, the bad grades, the missed shots, or whatever. It sums up their whole life. And he says, hey, you, you only get one dash. And then he would turn to us and lean in intently and say, now what are you going to do with your dash? What are you going to do with your dash? And no point, that's my question to you today. That's a question to you. Uh, is what are you going to do with your dash? What are you going to do with this dash that God has given you and blessed you with? What are you going to do with your dash? On the, on the grand scale, on the macro, our life is really made up of these large moments, these large milestones, right? Uh, uh, they come by so quickly, and before we know it, they've passed us by. <laughs> Because I love uh, how Andy Bernard says in the office, uh, I don't think some of y'all didn't think y'all going to get an office quote, uh, but I love how Andy Bernard says in the office in the season finale, some of you all may know where I'm going with this, uh, but he says in the season finale, he says, I wish there was a way to know that we're in the good old days before you've actually left them, right? These milestones, these large moments pass us by. But on the small scale, on the micro, well, our life is really made up of these seconds, these minutes, these hours. That if we're not careful, uh, we can really mishandle the opportunities that God has really blessed us with. 
God has not really given us some, so he hasn't given us some uh, DeLorean from Back to the Future or some Time Stone like Doctor Strange, or he hasn't given us some Avengers Finity uh, watch where we can control time. He, he hasn't given us that because that would be chaos, right? Uh, if we could go back in time, it would be chaos, you know? Uh, uh, that, 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 or you go back and forth in time, it would be chaos. I burned the cake. Uh, we got to go back, right? I burned the cookies. Uh, we got to go back. I, I missed the test. We got to go back. Uh, it's our anniversary. Uh, we got to go back. Uh, you know, uh, we, we would be going back and forth all the time. But here's the thing. Life is valuable because life is short. If we waste time, we waste, uh, we waste our lives away. And Paul today is encouraging the church in Ephesus to live with purpose. And to do this, we must seek the will of the Lord. And so we're talking about prune. Uh, and and in to, for today, we're going from, from wasting time to time well spent. From wasting time to time well spent. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to look at verses 15 to verse 20. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to verse 20. And I'll be reading from the ESV on this morning. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to verse 20. And what it says is, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Verse 17, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, when I think about the person who made the most of their time, I can only think of Jesus. Jesus made the most of his time. He, was, uh, he lived 2,000 years ago, lived to be 33 years old. He had a ministry that was only for three years. And in those three years, he was set the course that would change the world forever. Jesus shows us how to get the most out of our time. To, to live a life that's pleasing to the Father, to God. God has placed time in our hands. And, and what's, what's going to happen is that we're all going to have to account for the time that God has, has given us. God is going to ask you, what did you do with my investment? What did you do with the time that I gave you? So listen, so if we're going to live like Christ and leave an impact, we must spend time purposely, responsibly, wisely, and in control. So point number one, living on purpose cautions us to, to spend time wisely. Living on purpose cautions us to spend time wisely. Look, verse, verse 15 and 16 says, Look carefully how you live uh, or how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Right? One of the major points that Paul is, is making in this big letter in Ephesians, uh, he's really trying to help the Ephesian church in understanding how do we live this new life in Christ out? 
How do we live this new life in Christ? And Paul is pointing out to them, hey guys, listen, that, that Christian living is wise living. Not only is it wise living, Christian living is practical. It's applicable. You, you can do it. it, it this, this wisdom is it, applicable to your life. And so he teaches them, the first half of the book, he teaches them what we believe. And then in the second half of the book, he teaches them how we behave. Because our belief should match our behavior. And our behavior should match our beliefs. If those two things don't match up, then we're looking at hypocrisy. And so Paul is saying, hey, we, our beliefs have to match up. Our, our behavior have to match up. To be Christian is really to watch how you live, to, the, the, to, to be set apart from the world. So in verse 15, he says, pay attention, inspect, look closely, look under, look around. Listen, before you buy that house, before you buy that car, you're going to inspect it. You're going to check it out. You're going to make sure that somebody's not trying to get over you on you. My sister, uh, she thought she was get, uh, sister-in-law, she thought she was getting a good deal on a um, on a iPad uh, from Craigslist. And so she got the, the package and uh, met somewhere and exchanged it. And she spent a couple hundred dollars on a wooden board, guys. And so <laughs> inspect and look at what you're, what you're buying. And hey, it's, it's that season, that Christmas season. Be careful, guys. They're out there. Uh, what Paul is saying to us today, turn the mirror on yourself. Look, uh, look at how you walk. Walk also translates to live, right? And so we normally don't like inspect but when we look at the psalmist, the psalmist shows us how to talk to God about inspecting our life. Psalm 139 and 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. And so the psalmist understands what it means to be to, to, for God to search him, but we also need to look. Verse 16 says, Spend time wisely, making the best of our time. Don't waste opportunities. So some translations may say redeem the time or purchasing the time. In other words, it's using our opportunities for the good and no longer for the bad. It's the difference between our BC era with Christ and our AD era. Now, before we, we met Christ, we spent time in this fashion. Now that we're in the year of our Lord and Savior, I'm spending my time using it for, for the best. And so Paul is saying a wise person, a wise person makes the best use of their time. Look at uh, Psalm 90 and, 90 and 12 says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The, the text also teaches that we're in control of our time. That, that for the most part, we, we know this to be true to some extent, other than at times when we uh, uh, things happen out of our control, a flat tire accident. There's things that happen in our control that, that we, we don't get control of. But for the most part, we're in control of our time. So we ought to manage it responsibly. God has given us freedom to steward our time the way that we desire. But here's the thing, and as you all know, freedom comes with responsibility. Some young college student uh, this year, the freshman, is learning the hard way. Hey, mom is not waking me up, not calling to wake me up. Dad is not calling to wake me up. And if you are calling parents to wake your college students up, stop it. Let them figure it out for themselves. <laughs> but, but they're learning that freedom comes with responsibility. Listen, that's why jail and prison make awful places. They make awful places because you got all of this time, but no freedom. 
No freedom to really do what you want to do. But out here, we have all of this freedom, but we also have all of this responsibility. And here's the thing. Uh, look at myself. Uh, that, that if, if I waste my time, guess what? I simply just wasted my time. That I can't blame my wife, can't blame my kids. It's on me. I'm simply just wasting my time. And we have so many distractions today uh, that allow us to get into that. That we have, uh, we have TV shows. We have binge watching. You can binge watch a show. It used to not be that way. You have, uh, you have to wait a whole week to watch another episode of, you know, uh, Golden Girls or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, Golden Girls, he's a good show. Uh, but you have to wait a whole, whole week to watch that show. Now, you can watch it all in a day. You can watch the whole season in a day. You can get on TikTok and Instagram and scroll and, and we can play video games. We have so many distractions that can take us away from what God wants us to do. William Penn says, time is what we want most, but we use it worse. <laughs> We may need to be more intentional about what we think and we do. As we know the old saying that the devil, <laughs> that an idle mind is the devil's playground. Romans 12, 1 and 2 reminds us, hey, we need to have renewed minds. Our minds need to be renewed. Are you making the best use of your time? The, the Bible speaks against laziness. Uh, a, a Christian who spend, spends time wastefully, unfoolishly, uh, it's not a good example of a person who values the time, right? This is not to say that we haven't all wasted our time before, because we have, but we shouldn't make a habit out of wasting our time. Why does the Bible brag on the ant? Proverbs chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 6 through uh, 11, uh, Proverbs chapter 30, uh, verse 24 and 25, it brags on it twice. In Proverbs chapter 6, it, it says, Go to the ant, you sluggard, and consider its ways, and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer, or ruler, yet it stores its provision in the summer, and it gathers its food as harvest. Proverbs 30 says, uh, verse 24 25 says, Four things on earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. Ants are creatures of little strength, yet they store up their food in the summer. And so, what do you notice about the ant? And in what way do you need to be like the ant? Notice that it's not strong, it's not big, it doesn't have an overseer. Um, Yet it makes provisions. It's wise. It, it, it plans it, uh, plans for the future, for storing food for, for the winter. Without an overseer, I need to be like the ant. I need to, to get work done. What does spending time wisely look like in your day-to-day -day life or your day-to-day -day activity? Listen, we, as you know, we don't stumble upon time management. We, we have to work at it. We, uh, and, and, and also, what we, we want to do, we're going to make time for. If studying God's word is important to us, we're going to make time for it. If, if praying is important to us, we're going to make time for it. If serving is important to us, we're going to make time for it. God wants your precious time, not your spare time, right? Then he says, spend time wisely because the days are evil. And I really don't have to go much into this because you understand the days are evil. The times that we're living in are evil, and what Paul is saying could be saying two different things. He could be saying to, 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 the, to the believers, hey, don't get caught up in the evilness of this world. Or he can be saying, be careful. You can become a victim to the evilness of this world because it's there. Listen, we could, just, just a couple days ago, Israel got bombed. <laughs> so many things happened. A couple, couple weeks back, Choctaw uh, school got shot 
shot up uh, at, a, at a football game. The days are evil. So work while it is day, for night cometh when no man can work. Listen, then he says, this is why it is important for us to live understanding what the Lord wants from us. Living on purpose calls us to spend time seeking the will of God. Verse 17, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Listen, if, if we're, we're, we're going to live on purpose, we have to spend time seeking what the Lord wants from us. Because what we can't forget, we can't forget that it is he that has made us and not we ourselves. And so since he created us, and he also bought us at a price, he also determines our purpose. He determines why we do what we get to do. The text gives us a warning. The text is warning. Another warning was, don't live thoughtlessly or carelessly or foolishly. And Paul is saying Christians can also run the risk of living foolishly, of living in the world and being of the world. Or we can also run the risk of planning our lives out but not asking <laughs> what does the Lord want from us or not, or, asking, or not seeking what the will of the Lord is. We can plan our life out and not be thinking of those things. Because notice what the world's going to say. The world's going to say, hey, live your best life, you know, because it's all about you. Live your best life, uh, follow your heart, right? Walk in your truth. I like what Shane Pruitt says. I, it, it convicted me on this. I saw a quote that he had put up. Uh, he said, we've got to be careful uh, with following our heart because the Bible tells us that the heart is deceitful above all things. <laughs> Man. But he says in verse 17, but understand what the will of the Lord is. It is it, God's will over our will. Jesus says in the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done, right? But then also notice what he says in the Lord's Prayer. He says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And what's crazy, Jesus is living out what he preached, what he prayed. That thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And in the garden he says, Lord, not my will, thy will be done. My father used to say all the time, the, the best place to be is in the will of God. But no, also notice that sometimes uh, it doesn't mean that it's the most comfortable place. It's just the best place. Lord, what do you want from me is the question. Lord, what do you want from my life? Here, here's the battle of these two wheels, my plans versus God's plans, right? Because we wake up with our schedule, we wake up with our plan, and I'm, you know, I'm guilty as well, and sometimes we don't like for our plans to be interrupted, right? Uh, amen, somebody? Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> we don't like for our plans to be interrupted. We don't like for our plans to be changed. But the question today is, can God interrupt your plans as well? Your small plans and your major plans. Can God interrupt your plans? Proverbs 19 and 21 says, Many are the plans of a person's hearts, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Proverbs 16 and 3 reminds us, Commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. There, 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 are, day, there are times and days when, uh, when my day was planned out and it was time well spent. And I, everything I uh, planned to do, did. But there's also days where uh, God interrupted my plans and it was still time well spent, right? Are we too busy to call some people that God has placed on our heart? Are we too busy to serve? Are, are we too busy uh, uh, to spend time in God's word? Are we too busy to disciple our kids? 
to read God's word at home? Are we too busy to pray? And please understand that I'm not preaching from some place of superiority, but I'm preaching from a place of humility this morning. Because I'm submitting to, and the reason I'm talking about this is partly because I, I, I've done it myself, that I've uh, done Bible studies for uh, uh, college and done Bible studies for youth and, and had those planned out, but in my own home, I did not do that. Wasn't doing that. And so things have changed now. <laughs> And so we're working on that. We, we're, we, were, we changed that. We have to be more intentional. Let me give you some, some, some sobering facts. Uh, in, the, in the book Sticky Faith, uh, 11,000 church-going teenagers, 12%, uh, 12 percent uh, have regular di dialogue with their moms about faith. Out of the 11,000, 12 percent 12, um, have a regular dialogue with their mom about faith. That's one in eight. For fathers, it's one in 20, or only 5%, have regular conversations about faith. Only 9% of teenagers engage in regular reading of the Bible and devotional time with their family. We have to ask ourselves, Lord, what do you want for me? What do you want, what do you desire for my family, for my marriage? my life. Lord, how can I be an asset to this church moving forward? How can I help this church move forward? In, in, in the Old Testament, there was this, uh, there was this, um, this, uh, this, this covenant kind of agreement thing that, that God would do, and I found it at OBU, um, and, and it was, it was, it, it was, God would say, if you, then I. If, if, if you do this, then I'll do that. We see it easily in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, uh, verse 14. says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and, and, and turn from the wicked ways and, and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal them. If you do your part, then I'll do my part. If you, then I. We also see it, kind of we saw it last week in, in Matthew chapter 6, right? Verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. If you, then I. If you do your part, man, I'll do my part. And here's the thing. God is saying, hey, if you take care of my business, I'll take care of your business. If, if, you, if you do your part, I'll do my part. But God is also saying, hey, if you don't do your part, guess what? I really don't have to do my part. I don't have to do this other part because that's the agreement. And here's the thing. Uh, we, we have to put God's plans over our plans. And I found this out the hard way in high school, my junior year. Uh, I have three older brothers who are in ministry. I did not care to get into ministry. I have three older brothers who are in ministry, but and I knew God was calling my heart in that direction. And I said, well, if God's trying to move me this direction, then I'm going to get something out of it, I guess. And so I love track. I love track and field. I love running. And so state was running, coming around, and I was 800, and it was my year to win uh, that year because I got second or uh, uh, maybe I got third the previous year, but the two guys who, who beat me were gone. And so this year was my year to run. And so I told God, Look, God, if you let me win state, hey, I'll preach for you. If you do this, Lord, I'll do my part. I'll, I'll, I'll help you out, right? And so state rolls around, and God raises up a fish, right? Uh, he brings this guy uh, out of nowhere. And uh, long story short, I wound up getting second in the 800, uh, the year I was supposed to win. Uh, but God doesn't stop there. Uh, he you would think he would stop. Uh, but I run the 4x4 relay, the last race of the meet that determines a lot of stuff. And I run anchor leg, the last leg, and I'm out there, and I get caught from behind. And guess what we get? Second again. <laughs> 
to make matters worse, <laughs> what happens is when we total the points up of uh, uh, if I would have won the 800, if we wouldn't have won the 4x4, four four, we would have won overall as a team. We got second overall as well as a team. I got back home, and I just remember God saying to me, because you put me second, I'm going to put you second. And that's exactly what he did. He was second in the 800, second in the 4x4, second overall. I can see it clear. You put me second, I'll put you second. And what God is saying, no, I make the decision. I make the covenant. If you, then I. I said, Lord, what do you want? All right. And so I began, my, uh, began uh, in ministry uh, my senior year of high school and began to preach for him. And, and uh, God, uh, God blessed that I was able to win state my senior year. But he says, if you, then I. You do your part. I'll do my part. Go back to the ants real quick, real quick. He says, uh, anytime you find an ant, it's always on mission. Anytime you find an ant, it's always on mission. They, they're, 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 I've never seen an ant that didn't look like it was running late, right? <laughs> Every ant I see, like, they got somewhere to go. Like, where are you going? <laughs> they, they are mission-minded. They, they all have a role to play in their colony as well, right? They're hunting. They're harboring. They're defending. They're feeding. They're storing, right? It, it, it's not only about the individual, but it's about the colony. It's about the community, and what I'm saying to us today, that yes, it's, yes, it's about you, but it's also about the community. It's about the church. It's about us. Look at what God has already done. How much more can he do? And it's amazing thing about ants. That ants can, man, they can do some amazing thing when they come together. They, they, can, they can carry a hot dog up a tree together, y'all. <laughs> they can carry a cupcake a mile together. Look at what God has already done here. Imagine what he can continue to do as we continue to not only look at ourselves, but look at others. Lastly, God gives us purpose, but he also gives us help to fulfill our purpose. It says, living on purpose commands us to be filled with the Spirit. Verse 18 and 19, and do not be drunk with wine, uh, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice what Paul knows. Paul knows that drunkenness changes a person, but he also knows that the spirit changes a person. He, he really gives us two, he gives us two examples of control. An example of what it means to be in control, and an example of what it means to be out of control. But when a person is drunk, they're out of control. They're, they're, they're not even themselves. Alcohol is a depressant, and what it does, it, it dampens the cerebral cortex, and it doesn't allow you to, your ability to think or to understand or to be wise. When a person is drunk, they, they don't talk the same. They don't act the same. They don't walk the same. They don't think the same. But in the same way or a similar way, when a person is filled with the Spirit, things change as well. You're not the same person that you were before. That we don't talk the same, we don't act the same, we don't think the same. The Spirit helps us in this process of sanctification, of being like Christ. It helps us to be like Him. He, he can take the worst of us and make them to be a part of the best of us. To, 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 to have a life of purpose is to be in control, but to do that, we have to have the Spirit within us. A person who is living uh, uh, on purpose is living in control because they have help from the Spirit. Spirit helps us. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse uh, um, 7, we said it last week as well, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind, or self-discipline, or self-control. 
Galatians also, where the fruit of the Spirit is, uh, the last fruit, of, it says self-control. The Holy Spirit helps us to live a life in control. There are some things that you can do in the Spirit that you cannot do in the flesh. It's just that way. Lastly, a part of that says that being filled with the Spirit also helps us to live a life of worship. The, the person who is drunk is temporarily happy. They're temporarily happy, but they're going to go home to the same problems that got them the way that they were. But the person who's filled with the Spirit uh, has unending joy. They, they, they can have joy through their problems and situations. Think, think, about, think about Paul and Silas locked in jail. But in jail, they prayed and they praised God. And the shackles came off, but, but they were able to praise God in their circumstances. When I think about times uh, in those days where, where they were worshiping God, it was radical in a home, and in a place. And if they, if they, they were found out to be worshiping God or they were heard, they could go to jail and be persecuted, put to death. But yet they were worshiping God. And here we are under no threats. And we won't even open our mouths. So what? You're off key. Sing. <laughs> That's not what he said. Sing. Sing. Come. We come to worship him. We, we come focused on the Lord. That, that Lord, remove any distractions of whatever's happened later on or whatever happened before. Lord, help me to remove any distractions to focus primarily on you. This is your time. Help me to focus on you, Lord. Being in the Spirit helps us to live a life in worship. We want to make time to worship God. Lastly, the part, we talk about time. We want, to, we want to consider where you'll spend eternity. Where will you spend eternity? Listen, as the worship team comes back up, we want to offer this invitation to you today. Where, where, where will you spend eternity? We're talking about time. We're talking about the, the furthest distance of time uh, or the most time. It's eternity. Will you spend eternity with God or away from God? And it is your choice. It is your decision. Will you spend time with God or away from God in eternity? God desires us to be saved. Look at 1 Timothy 2 and 4. He's, he desires that all people to be saved and come into a knowledge of the truth. He wants you to be saved. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to know him for yourself. Listen, I, I like the quote that says that God doesn't have any grandchildren. He only has children. Think about it. You don't get into heaven because of your parents' relationship. You get to heaven because you have a relationship with the Father. He is your father, not your grandfather. <laughs> you have to have a relationship with him. He doesn't have grandchildren. You need to know him for yourself. Here's another verse that I love that reminds me that the designer uh, has made us <laughs> the way he did Ecclesiastes 3 and 11. He has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. <laughs> Part of the designer's design is that he set eternity in our hearts. That we desire for eternity. That's why we want to find the fountain of youth and live forever. Because he set eternity in your heart. Like the song that says, I, forever young. I want to be forever young, right? But the truth is that we have eternity set in our heart. Listen, for those who are not saved, the only heaven that you'll ever know 
is this earth. But for those who are saved, this is the only hell that we'll ever know. That this earth is the only hell that we'll ever know, but for those who are believers and saved, this is the only heaven that you'll ever know. It's in the beginning. I started out basically uh, saying that you only get one, uh, you only get one dash. But here's the thing. Jesus says, hey, for those who believe in me, though they be, may be dead, yet shall they live again. Man, we can throw another dash on the other side of our death day. We, we can put another dash on there. And I don't know about you, but I want another dash. I, 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 literally, on my two, so I think I want another dash just to be evangelistic in our death. I want another dash. Because we'll be able to live again. And the question today is, would you like to, would you like an extra dash? Would you like another dash? And I want to make a challenge to those who are believers today, those who are Christians today. Two challenges real quick. First challenge is, is for this week. Could be for today. First challenge is, if you haven't talked to someone in a while, and the reason has been because you've been so busy, give them a call this week whoever it is life is too short you understand that if God has placed somebody on your heart give them a call this week check on them you never know somebody could be ready to tap out ready to give up give them a call and the second thing this week is that I hope and pray that you find an opportunity to pray with somebody it's out of the norm it's out of the blue somebody who who uh, who, who God may bring in this year to interrupt your day and to have that moment that God can interrupt your moments can interrupt your time will you bow dear gracious God our Father Lord we thank you and we praise you thank you Lord for your time, for all that you've done we thank you Lord for you being so powerful and so sovereign Lord that you planned out things and you didn't need to go back in time you didn't need to to change time but Lord you planned it out so perfectly that it, scripture says that when the fullness of time had come you sent forth your son but we thank you Lord you make everything perfect in this time in this season so Lord we just pray right now Lord someone's heart may be destined in eternity so we just pray Lord right now that you would you would do what you do and, and, and 